This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! Thanks for coming back to 90 for Chill, the podcast. And this episode will be the conclusion to my conversation with Gregory Carl in regards to the Rowdy Roddy Piper slash John Carpenter classic, They Live. This is where I tend to put my content warning. And again, he's doing it from a cell phone for this Zoom conversation. Hence, I don't know if I got rid of all of the F-bombs. Bear with us on that. I did my best. Before we get to the show, which is going to be a lot more wrestling heavy than the previous uh, They Live conversation or portion of the conversation. You know, once you get to the second hour of a conversation, it's more loosey-goosey, autobiographical, dare I say. For that wrestling theme, I'm going to give a quick review of the Shannon Tweed Die Hard knockoff, where she faces off against... Andrew Dice Clay instead of Alan Rickman, but it's a Roddy Piper in a supporting role. No contest. Die Hard at a beauty pageant at one of the more luxurious embassy suites. Listen to that review and we'll get on to the show. HBO Thursday night, 9 p.m. means action with the HBO world premiere movie. Who will be the new Miss Galaxy? Andrew Dice Clay. Let's not all lose our head. Taking over beauty pageant isn't the best way to command respect. Shannon Tweed. Robert Davi. In the Thursday Night Prime HBO world premiere movie, No Contest. The action premieres Thursday at night on HBO. I thought the podcast could use a little more Roddy Piper content, so I just revisited No Contest, a feature I own on VHS, actually. I got it for like two bucks when Second Cinemas in Morton was closing, but I digress. So it's a feature, actually it's the only other Roddy Piper feature that I've probably seen. You know, I've been a little hesitant about visiting uh, the Troma Distributed Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies, which I think may be a few months, um, at least the script is a few months younger than my main event of the dead. Still looking on getting that movie made, but again, digression. So, you know, I hear about, well, really, let's just go back to the classic Roddy Piper impersonator promo in WWF before his bout with Jerry Lawler at King of the Ring. Regarded as a pretty awful match just between good two good talkers, and who knows, maybe in the 80s that would have worked. 1995, not so much. Or was it 94? I don't know. I remember seeing it. So, again, back on topic. So, in that promotion, that promo, the guy makes jokes, you know, like, about all the bad Roddy Piper movies. So, with that said, that leads me to say, well... I'm not really up for Hell Comes to Frogtown. I know it was on Up All Night on USA back in the day. Just something I wasn't going to... Just seemed a little too ridiculous. What didn't seem ridiculous is No Contest from 1995. This is a story... Basically, it's Die Hard at a Beauty Pageant. And you know what? Shot in one of the fanciest NBC suites that I've seen in Toronto slash Markham, Ontario, Canada. 
Got to get that dramatic pause in there. It's about Andrew Dice Clay leading a group to... Well, obviously, if it's Die Hard, it's thieves, not terrorists, who are trying to get $10 million worth of diamonds from one of the contestants' rich senator father. And Shannon Tweed is the host of the beauty contest, Miss Galaxy. And she's also an action star. Which the terrorists don't really think of, and of course they're going to end up paying for it. And you've got a bunch of um, faces that are familiar. The coincidentally, since this is a diehard knockoff, you have Robert Davi as the, I guess you would say the Al Colson. I think that was his name. Maybe it was Al Colson. I don't know. Um, basically, the Al from Die Hard character. And Shan Tweed is Bruce Willis. That's pretty much your setup. And your big heavy who plays. I can't remember the name. Dang it. I'm a diehard fan. I can't remember the name of all the terrorists. I don't think it was Tony. Um, you know, the guy whose brother gets murdered and is the. And now I have machine gun ho 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 guy. So that's Roddy Piper's character. And the best thing about Roddy Piper's character, because he doesn't really get a lot of dialogue, is basically that he is willing to sell the hell out of attacks from the beauty contestants. Otherwise, I think Andrew Dice Clay got to do a little bit of improv, and Shan Tweed could have been given a little more clever dialogue. I mean, for an action movie. But... It still is a lot of fun if you can get past the wretched direction and editing. I mean, this feels like it was shot on video in 1995. So I'm surprised it had an HBO Thursday night premiere back in the day. So it's a fun flick. I mean, it's not a good one. I think I've overrated it before just because, well, Roddy Piper gets to play a badass. He doesn't really get to... He doesn't really, um, I just, you know, it's Roddy Piper versus Shannon Tweed. That's just the thing I was going to be there for. And I think it works out pretty well. As I say, if Roddy Piper wasn't such a great seller, it might fall flat, at least his performance. And as I say, Andrew Dice Clay, you knew he had 90s villain all over him. So that works. And otherwise, you know, you get your goofy henchmen, like, Everybody is a uh, Theo-type character on this team. So a lot of misbalance in trying to rip off Die Hard. But, you know, it's at least um, it's brief, let's say that. And I kind of, I think it kind of was so stuck on trying to be fast and done in a moment that they kind of left a lot. You just don't care about the characters, I think, is what the biggest problem of the film is. I mean, aside from the awful direction, horrible green screen, and, you know, lackluster explosives. But there you go. That's no contest, 1995. And as I say, I'm not regretting my $2 VHS purchase. I It's fun. Doesn't look, and I think maybe HDTV kind of hurts this. But it's on Freevee right now. The Amazon Free 
video service. And, I mean, I guess for any wrestling fan, you owe it to yourself to watch No Contest. Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. And after eight and a quarter minutes, I'm presuming you want to get on to the show. So this is 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Cool Movies Darth. If you're going to be looking for this podcast outside of your favorite podcast apps, say with an Amazon Echo or a Google Nest device, just ask for podcast by Russ Stevens and you'll find it and I can fill your living room space. So enjoy the charisma. Again, according to Getting Down and Nerdy, which is a cool linguistics podcast trying to break down what a modern song is kind of about. As I said in the warning, that we are going to finish my conversation with Gregory Carl about They Live, and we're going to talk a lot. A lot of wrestling ends up being in it, and I would say movie-wise... I do investigate the concept that perhaps Kevin Smith is modern-day John Carpenter. We'll get into that. Uh, Next week, I plan on just uh, composing another visit to Allie's Accessory Shop on Etsy's Trash Feature Review. I'm looking for a guest for the episode on the 30th. I've got a bunch of leads, but if you want to jump in there, send an email to rustthebus07 at gmail.com with your idea, your movie, your theme, your director, your actor you want to talk about. Try to focus on sub-100-minute material, but I'm a clever fellow. I can come up with some way of making any movie works. With all that said, let's get on to the show. Thanks for coming back, and I hope you enjoy. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Was that guard just talking into a PKE meter? Yes. Yep. <laughs> right. I did. Yeah. I was about to say, I'm not the only one to catch it. There, like the first time I. Re- before, until just now. Yeah. Like the first time I really, I think, sat and watched. Um, watched the they live was actually monster vision on tnt with joe bob riggs yeah and he actually had piper on the show so that's how i knew that he uh improvised uh i came here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and um yeah so yeah so geez i'm really working through all this stuff uh he really just uh, like once they get this movie gets going, he really just stumbles onto everything. Yes, no, it's somewhat, well, and he just happens to be in the right spot. Yeah, well, that's yeah, uh, that's your classic action movie to begin with. I mean, Die Hard. It's the you know Die Hard and Die Hard Two. It's like you know the wrong guy, the right guy at the wrong time. Um. Really, I think Commando is the only one where people just don't walk into stuff. Because <laughs> Commando, they kidnap Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Which is just a dumb idea. Like, Same thing for The Expendables too. Yeah. You just, no, you don't kidnap the action star. Running Man. Like, no, you're like... Ugh. You want to stay away from this guy. (laughs) 
uh, granted the running man they do kind of make it a point like yeah oh well i guess they just wrote smarter i don't want to say smarter because this is a very intelligent movie they live it's great satire and it's so here's the thing with they live and probably the reason why it doesn't get the respect is because or at least basically in 1988 was again people were um you know we're celebrating reagan's so if you're rich you're not going to understand the message that uh, carpenter is going to give and then it comes to the end after the signal is destroyed and they cut to like siskel and ebert showing that they're aliens and it's like uh the i just have had enough of the john carpenters and george a romero's and their unnecessary violence <laughs> uh and i think that's <laughs> I do love the end of this movie, dude. Yeah. What's up, baby? <laughs> yeah. That's the last line of the freaking movie. That's it. <laughs> um, and then, uh, uh, it's just, and I wanted to say this because there was a panel at Fan Expo um, about, um, you know, what's the future of horror? Uh, they had um, one of the uh, representative from Nerdist, and then they had two guys from the uh, Windy City Double Feature Picture Show, which is an interesting podcast. I, I had fun listening to it. Uh, last episode they did was about a double, actual double feature that was in Chicagoland. Um, it was uh, Ralph Bashke's um, Wizards, an animated movie. Uh, and the and the that was the A feature. The B feature was brian de palma's phantom of the paradise which i do need to see i mean it's a, it's a musical but it's like brian de palma yeah, I, dr- uh, I musicals well I, I love rocky horror though so uh and never mind you wanted to do repo man and we might get to that at some point just because i i can't get that uh podcaster um jessica quaz from second chance movies to Oh shit! I thought you already did that. No, no, I was saving it for her because she said, "Oh, my my buddy, my my co-host on Second Chance Movies doesn't like horror movies." So it annoys me, but the vid- the visuals in that movie are awesome. Yeah, yeah, like I respect it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, just going through my notes by this point uh, again. Let's see don't trust uh, anyone who equates booze with thirst um oh just a fun little story about the fight between da- uh, keith david and roddy piper keith david was stiff as all hell i believe it yeah i think i heard that somewhere before right well it's like piper was hoping that oh he's a he studied dance he was on broadway <laughs> he, <laughs> he knows how to do this stuff that's probably why that fight scene was better than most matches I've seen on any wrestling on TV for the past couple of years. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's, it's like. Oh, uh, let's see. So, uh, but what I was getting at with Kevin Smith is like, yeah, basically I get to him. And I just he just says, "Do you want me to tag this or personalize it?" And I say, oh, "You can just tag it." <laughs> And he, you know, he, he mentioned Moose Jaws at all 
What's happening with Moose Jaws? Moose Jaws? I don't know. Clerks 3, that was the big thing. Because there was a Clerks panel um, with uh, uh, Dante, um, Brian O'Halloran, or Dante, uh, Jeff Anderson, Randall, and uh, Trevor. I can't remember his last name. He played Elias, and he just, just doesn't act otherwise. But they're all coming back for Clerks 3. Um and I, I blew that question because everybody was at, answer, asked the questions I got in the queue for. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, uh, Jeff, I mean, this movie, Clerks 3, is about Randall making his own movie. Uh, you have directed your own movie. <laughs> Find that kind of meta? <laughs> he doesn't get enough props for the horror work he's done. He's done really good horror movies. Oh, Red Smith, State. Red State is, is brilliant. Uh, it's really good i was i was was talking to a kid by a new hire at work and again it just i'm feeling older and older like like another uh, another employee bought a toad stuffed toy uh toad from mario brothers yeah and i said and he's and i you know he said oh i'm getting it for my dad it's like my dad doesn't give a shit about super mario brothers oh yeah my dad is 74 (laughs) <laughs> your dad your dad i'm old enough to be your dad <laughs> like oh geez um, so uh but what i was getting about kevin smith though is like i think kevin smith is essentially like the he's really kind of more in the vein of john carper than you'd think like john carper oh. john carpenter directs great movie i mean he's a pretty limited director like he doesn't try these wide shots. He doesn't try anything spectacular. He just comes up with a great story. He, you know, he's he's the vision behind it. And it's basically he's protecting his script more than anything, which I think Kevin Smith's the same thing. Like, um, but that new hiring we were talking about. Like, I was trying to bring up, like, how would you know Kevin Smith? I don't know Tusk. Oh gosh, that movie traumatized me. <laughs> That's a good movie. Yeah, it's all hell when you like explain to someone. You sit down and watch it; like it, it gets pretty wild, especially at the end. Oh yeah, I got I got really high one time. I was really high when I saw the end of that movie, mm-hmm. and I came up with this whole sequel in my head with her girlfriend. Like, it starts trying to find somebody to turn her into a walrus so she can be with him. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, no, that could that could work uh, yeah i it could i still maintain that 100 could work um so when it comes to the moose jaws i think that was um after yoga hosers bomb i think they were just um because i figured it was going to be the third of the canadian trilogy which, that's what i thought yeah which was yoga hosers which is under yoga hosers is a great b movie kevin smith made that movie for a million dollars i mean hell I I am Team Amber myself, just because like great everybody was bad mouthing Amber Heard, so now women are not going to go and report assholes anymore. I feel like Yoga Hosers is like a trauma movie with a big yes, budget. right. Well, no, a million dollars like uh, Toxic Toxic Avenger Two had a million dollar budget. Okay, uh, that was probably because they shot so much of it in Japan, but. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was the one where he went to Japan. Right to find I his dad. Classic Avenger Four. Uh, I have only seen the first two. I love the first two, but um, I'm a bit like th- this I'm a is. Guy, dude. I, yeah. I love 
I mean, the only the only ones that really just from a movie that disappointed me was Surf Nazis Must Die. Well, they reused a lot of footage in that, didn't they? From uh, other stuff. Oh yeah, always. But <laughs> uh, no, Surf Ninjas just nothing happens until like the end, where the uh, crazy, where the uh, black woman whose son is killed at the beginning goes nuts and <laughs> okay, does all no, the not Nazi killing. <laughs> I was thinking of trauma war. I don't oh. think I'm scared if Nazis must die. Yeah, they used to like and Lloyd Kaufman said, I don't know how they got him on Netflix. Like I don't I don't sell the right. I mean I I hold on to my rights. <laughs> like but I saw a lot of it on Netflix. Uh that's where I saw um like actually the Toxic the first time I saw Toxic Avenger, they were it was pretty much like a rip right off the DVD. Terror for him. I saw that on Netflix. Uh, yeah, I never got around to Terra Firma, uh, which I hear is marvelous. Uh, <laughs> same thing with Poultry Guys. I'm, I, I really need to see Poultry Guys. Uh, I haven't seen Poultry Guys. Oh, it, it, like they showed it a couple times in Peoria back when they had the indie theater. Um, and then, um, which is a pretty sad display for the uh, the independent theater in um, Peoria, which only lasted maybe a couple of years. It was uh, owned by one of the um, Goldberg sons, if you're familiar with the uh, Jam and Jay Goldberg group. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, I went to their first double B double feature, and, like, it was um, a movie called Brain Dead, not The Brain Dead, which is the entire reason we went there. We thought it was dead alive. <laughs> Uh, honestly i loved it though still it was just so over the top um and then the second movie was um called i think uh scream shout stomp which is like a parody of all those uh surfer movies where a girl band has kind of got themselves stranded in a situation where they're dealing with a stunk ape an underappreciated uh legendary monster and um yeah so that's but like they had to delay the show because they needed a blu-ray player <laughs> to show <laughs> these movies eventually somebody got them a play- playstation 3 like <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. but yeah really cheap cheap stuff prices on the yeah. booze though were fun uh and but that's that that, that i don't that, think there was the same appreciation for those types of movies anymore well i mean this is the like i was um so I had been writing screenplays for about two, three years before that. Um, this is all back to Stephanie Smith. Like she wanted to like, you tell a great story. Like, you know, I want you to document your wrestling stuff. and We'll make a comic book about it. Okay. And then eventually she thought she got her life back together. She got her life back together after, cause we had, we had joint trauma situation, which is like, um she she my best friend passed she was friends with my best friend and at the same time the lawyer she was living with had been in a relationship with was pretty much going to move to thailand to be a decadent which he did so basically she was abandoned i lost my best friend so we kind of bonded there and then once she got her confidence back she started dating, dating douchebags again so um so the comic book went to went to shit there um so i i so 
I journaled for about three years of my wrestling. Um, basically, Danny Daniels is saying, you got to stop doing that. You have to be social <laughs> with wrestling. Uh, it's it's different now just because of the, um, basically, if you can just show you got a gimmick or great talent, you know, the politics is kind of lost. Um, but uh, back then, it was all about politics and even... If you, you know, if you didn't want to, you were going to get yourself, you weren't going anywhere. Um, so basically you had to look like you're willing to talk to everybody. You can't be by yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, I need to start talking to more people. Yeah. And that's what, that's just the, what it is. It's like, oh gosh, I, you know, I did not like, I'm out of the, you know, in and out with Kevin Smith, like nothing. <laughs> it's like, but this is the, like. Maybe I should have bugged him to try giving my podcast like a bump, <laughs> you know. Um, but that's not that's not me. Just... I want to tell him about my Tusk idea. <laughs> not a horror; it's a it's a drama sequel. Yeah, no, I I got gotcha. you. Um, but basically, because I started watching these B double features, it's like, well, screw it. I could make uh like that's my my first. So the so I wrote like three drafts about my wrestling fictionalizing it and then after seeing enough of this i abandoned like oh the indie movie i was writing uh like i needed the right new drafts for to like no what no i'm gonna make myself my b movie (laughs) uh like i got friends in wrestling still yeah and peoria this is their one chance to be something and nobody ever responded to like the idea of main event of the dead a zombie professional wrestling comedy. Uh, I I think that could one hundred percent work. Because what from what I hear and understand, just from my limited knowledge, it sounds like Amazon just buys everything. <laughs> That's no. It, well, it used to be Netflix would greenlight everything. Uh, I mean, I don't need that. It was basically this is a movie I could shoot for. Um, definitely less than what Clerk shot for. <laughs> uh, Clerk shot for twenty seven thousand. So it's like I could come up with all of that somehow. I just need the people to get behind me. Nobody did. I'm uh, paying more for the van I'm making payments on than uh, Kevin Smith made clerks for. That's smacked up. Yeah, well, that's inflation, though. I mean, a van back in 1994 was about um, close to 20 grand. Yeah, you couldn't watch a movie in those smackers either. <laughs> yeah. But um, so, I mean, my my Nissan I drive around is a, uh, uh, how much does it run for? Uh, it, it came in about 25. So and that was 2013. That was 2012. It's 2013. Um, still runs pretty well. And I'm, I run like my, I was raised to run cars till they die. So, um, but uh, all right. So, yeah made the kevin smith um i guess another reason why this isn't really um gotten a remake is because the superhero uh superhero uh fad and then um like i was basically saying oh you know this got a lot of similarities the boys in a way If, if you've seen that on amazon prime oh yeah yeah. yeah, I quit watching it for a while, but oh, I'm I'm still trying. Like, hopefully, I will have binged the next season before I go to C two E two next weekend. Um, 
but uh but then again i'm the type like i gotta watch the rewatch it to get to the new season so it's gonna be hell um uh to get there but yeah, um, it's not because i didn't like it i just I don't oh know, after so long i lose back. no i i understand why people check out it's like and that's just you know some things run their course that's all it is um but uh so again i i think i did make the comment that uh wrestlers need to be cast in more movies like the only the only problem with that idea is that the wrestler has to be allowed to play their wrestler like uh yeah they have to be allowed to have a personality and they're mostly not anymore yeah, well, I mean, Dwayne Johnson, like, I'd say it took a good, uh, a good 10 years for him to finally, like, he's the biggest star now, but it took 10 years before you realize, oh, yeah, just write, like, what would you think The Rock would do in this situation? <laughs> and eventually they nailed it, and he's the biggest, you know, and he was always the biggest star just because he was putting the mo- right movies, but, like, I'm excited for Black Adam, so... Hell, I I do want to see super bets. <laughs> awesome. Um, but uh, I forgot it, super pets was the movie, but uh, yeah, just it just some black. It just yeah, it just came out this week. Um, and look at John Cena, like he didn't have a good movie until Trainwreck. Never saw it. Okay, well, he's basically. I love Peacemaker, though. Have you seen Peacemaker? I've watched all of Peacemaker. Yes, but it's basically. Oh, it's it's, so good. It, it's the 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 point of the matter is that it's like he okay you can see John Cena actually doing that. Like, yeah, that is true. That's that. He he is very much Doctor of Thugonomics as Peacemaker. Yeah, and. uh um, then you and in Trainwreck, he's um, he's plays Amy Schumer's first boyfriend in the movie, and you really you just know he's a closet case. Um, but he's acting like what you'd expect John Cena to act like, having a sense of humor and such. I guess that's a problem with wrestlers is that they have to have the sense of humor for the most part. Uh, they've done great things with uh, Dave Batista, though. I will say that like. Um, uh, obviously Drax sense of humor again um but he's good he was good for his brief role in um Blade Runner 2049 like very stoic and you're gonna kill him off right away <laughs> and I'm kind of disappointed he did not show up in the uh last James Bond movie I thought it's Dave Batista. he could survive that <laughs> but he didn't have any lines he's a mute and uh he was good yeah, in, I don't uh, know if you've seen the Dune. Uh, no, Do I haven't seen that? I haven't seen Dune yet. But but the fact of the matter is, he's developed into an actor, and I guess you could say Dwayne Johnson did the same thing. But I still would say it's like, like nobody, like Dwayne Johnson in Doom is not the Dwayne John is not Hobbs. Um, maybe South. Yeah, but he was so hot from wrestling then, like that he. I think that's what really got him in is that he was just so damn popular. Like people who didn't watch wrestling knew who the rock was. Right. Same with Steve Austin. Like it was yeah, a different oh, time. 
Well, Steve Austin, it, it was more of his age that got him. Like, I love a lot of Steve Austin movies. Um, the Condemned runs it along. It's a little too brutal for my taste. Like, you, you know you have wrestling fans coming to this. Again, it's a WWE Pictures. This is where Vince McMahon does all the stuff he wishes he could do. Like, nah, I don't think we needed that Vinnie Jones rape scene. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and, and I love Vinnie Jones. So, <laughs> like, it was just a very unapologetic movie. And it's like, that's not what I wanted to see. You know, I just wanted to see these guys fight. I didn't need to see. Oh, and then Vinnie Jones just kills everybody. Like, eh. as he should. Well, no, Jones is, but he's just so cool in movies. Yeah, <laughs> I'll buy him for killing everybody. Oh well, no, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just saying it's like, yeah, but you're just being cruel by this point. And like, oh, Vinnie Jones is gonna go nuts and just kill everybody. Like, yeah, but there's a lot. Like, you kind of like you kind of get to relate to or empathize with like the people shooting like doing all the production on the condemned at the show you know it's like they're 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 finding what they're doing tough to watch <laughs> and then it's and yeah they're gonna die for it like eh, i just felt a little excessive um so but yeah, I'm through all my notes. Uh, pretty much got everything covered there. Anything you uh, that really stands out that you think needs to be addressed? Oh, well, I guess another thing with pro wrestlers is like the best pro wrestlers improvi- improvise. Like AEW should start their own movie studio. Because <laughs> um, John Moxley was great, and uh, I I liked uh, Twelve Rounds Three. Um. Basically, Chiba's the Street Fighter with uh, uh, Dean Ambrose or whatever. John oh, Moxley. Yeah, right. Exactly. So it's like, uh, but John Moxley, he definitely has like an every guy vibe, every man vibe, which is what Roddy Piper has and got him they live. Um, CM Punk, he's, I, he, I can't say he was great in uh, Rabbit, but. I hear good things about the girl on the third floor. Um, I, I, so I My think he... And she hated it. Huh. I'm pretty sure that's the one. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but no, I mean, and I know he was in a Jacob's Wife, I think, in a supporting role in that one. It's a Barbara Crampton movie, so it's got to have potential. Um, <coughs> so... So I so but I'm just saying punk can definitely be directed. Um so I mean maybe not Brian Danielson, but uh I mean Chris Jericho's proven he can act. At least you could cast him and stuff. So I don't know anything to make him a little more popular. <laughs> I used to be a Chris Jericho fan. As I get older, I just I hate him more and more. I I I think to some he's just overstayed his welcome um no i think i i am one of those guys who just like like i wasn't like when he was trying to get the uh you know like get... all he's doing right now is just redoing vince russo's at sex 
stable thing at, that they had in TNA way back in the day. Yeah, see, I, I, um, you know, I was a fan of the pay per view days of TNA, not the. I yeah, I kind of got blown off. I have Spike was a little. I can't really say there was any great eras of Spike wrestling. Um, there wasn't. I, I, I'm still in the pay per view era. Yeah. Um, Raven just stole the title from Jeff Jarrett. Or no, no, actually, that was the last episode I watched. Uh, Jeff Jarrett just took the title back. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that that was a big problem. Jarrett, Jarrett, and Russo were breathing their own. F- well, I can't believe they were able to sell that to Dixie Carter. Let's just say that. Um, yeah, but, there are some there's some nutty points in that. Yeah, but no, I I've um oh I think Jericho's always figured a way to make himself work and i think a lot of people are just like i I think especially now after uh aw hired punk and danielson i mean there's a lot of complaints that well now you're just doing the best uh you know old wwe guys and it's like well this isn't like in tna where they would just hire any um old you know wwe guy these are like danielson and punk both were legitimately the best at the world at what they did at one point and chris jericho the same i would i'm not afraid to say that um like the only jericho i didn't really care for was the one he's most proud of his uh anton anton sugar sugar uh character in 2008 like i didn't get that i don't think i was watching then oh basically that was the Shawn michaels feud where basically Chris Jericho was just, I'm so over this. I'm cold, like cold, emotionless. Like he was inspired by uh, Javier Bardem in uh, Old Country for Old Men, No Country for Old Men. And like he, he just kind of took away all the Jerichoisms <laughs> to basically say, I'm just the best at the, it, it came down to the best. It, it was basically, I'm the best at the war in the world at what I do was how that all started up but it was very cold and calculative now that i talk about it it's like yeah that isn't a bad idea so i mean i think it's just more with jericho i think it's just like people just there it's i think people feel like he's just taken a spot from somebody like i really wish he i i'm not afraid to say it like he could just go to commentary and be awesome um but uh, I don't know uh, the JAS like there's no way you were going to get Daniel like Daniel Garcia was not going to find I don't know how else he would fit in the show and definitely um, I don't know where you would put uh, uh, Angela Parker and uh, ah, shoot Matt not let's see magic Matt <laughs> Um, Garcia had a good match with you, Wheeler Yuta at Death Before Dishonor. Yeah, no, he had a great match with William Yuta, yeah, and then he, like, you know, thing. yeah, and then he, and then he, then he beat Brian Danielson on Wednesday. Like Garcia is going to be a Gar, but if it wasn't for the JAS, Gar, Garcia is just going to be lost in the shuffle. Um, so I don't have any. So that's just it. Like Jericho, Jer, Jericho could event like. I hate to say it, maybe authority figure at some point. Hey, you're a cat guy. Yeah. We should do Fritz the cat next time. 
you know, I need to see that. And I, I am a big Ralph Bashke supporter. Uh, Fire and Ice uh, was was fun. I was talking about that with somebody at work today. Uh, interesting. I motive. have it up right now with the sound off. It looks uh, like smack and pimp, dude. I oh yeah. A long time, like oh yeah, this smack it. This is a hardcore cartoon, dude. Oh, it's the first. I think it's the it's an X-rated movie. Um, so. Yeah, no, Fritz the Cat sounds like a good idea because I do need to watch it. So, um, as I say, Bashki, American Pop is my favorite Bashki movie, but everything he does, you can, there's something worthwhile about. Like, War. Oh, I'm, I'm a sucker for the old school animation, man. Well, it, well, it's like, I don't know if he was doing the <laughs> retroscoping at that point. I think in 1977, that's when he started doing retroscoping, which was basically taking live action actors and just really tracing over them <laughs> to do the animation. Okay. Uh, it's, it's very it's very prevalent. Like he did uh, Lord of the Rings in 1979, I want to say, um, which it really just does the first two books. But yeah, he did an animated Lord of the Rings. That was one of my very first movies I ever watched. Where first, uh, if we're gonna talk movie memories yeah. and all, uh, uh. the Hobbit, Ra- Ralph Bakshi. No, the Hobbit wasn't Ralph Bakshi. That was Ray- Rankin Bass. Okay, Rankin Bass. Okay. Yeah. yeah, which are which are more known for they that company is more known for their stop motion, uh, animated holiday specials. <laughs> um, it was actually animated in Japan. Uh, by Toho Studio, uh, Toei, Toei, maybe Toho, uh, one of the bigger animation studios in Japan. Um, so yeah, that's uh, but yeah, no, uh, definitely, uh, Fritz the Cat's <laughs> something I need to see. Uh, I mean, you know, we go from Fritz the Fritz the Cat, may, you know, it's impressing enough. Maybe we go and do the dangerous thing and tackle Coonskin. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. It's Ralph Bashke. It's supposed to be about the black experience. <laughs> it's it's highly regarded by a lot of lot of people. Um, but yeah, it it has a very abrasive name, obviously. I don't know. Fritz the cat one hundred percent could be made today. Just Oh, you see now? Well it's like Well, it's Art Crumb. Um it's based off Art Crumb, and I guess Crumb didn't like the movie. Actually, he wanted to get disconnected from it. Um, Art Crumb. Yeah, Art Crumb was a weird guy. Yeah. Yep. Most definitely. But I'm a big Ghost World fan, and that's a lot of inspi- inspiration from Crumb as well. Really good documentary. Yes. Uh, directed. Yeah. No. They. Uh, when I went to, um, I went to Ebert Fest just to see Ghost World, and um, again, there's an episode about it. <laughs> um and it had terry swigoff the director and uh thora birch um obviously the actress from uh, uh ghost world there and it was a great bit because it actually like the i the sad thing about ebert fest this year besides for me deciding well the river the peoria riverman won that won the uh president's tri- cup so yeah i don't feel bad too bad skipping out Guillermo del Toro hosting uh, Nightmare Alley in black and white. <laughs> but um, uh, Terry, but the big, big thing about uh, Ebert Fest, uh, the tragic thing was um, 
Gilbert Gottfried was going to debut his uh, documentary here in Champagne, and he died just like a week before. Um, but Terry Swigoff did like just to just to um, pay homage to uh, Gilbert Gottfried. He was on Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, and uh, they played a bit from the podcast where uh, Gilbert Gottfried reads a review from um, some like Stormfront or Stormer, whatever the white nationalist website is. <laughs> Basic neo-Nazi website, really. <laughs> uh, basically doing it, reading a review of Ghost World <laughs> by Nazis. <laughs> So, I don't think I've ever seen Ghost World. Oh, um, it's it's it, it's a uh, based off it's based off a comic book by uh, Daniel Klaus. Uh, he's, <laughs> Daniel Klaus has got a wide range of stuff, but very like uh, there's a lot of Crumb influence on it, at least from the director standpoint, because he was the guy who did the documentary on on Crumb, um, Terry Swigoff, and then there's like there's even bits where like they draw like some of the characters or some of the images drawn by our lead at uh, lead character. They were actually drawn by art Crumb's daughter. So really? a lot of influence there. So, um, but yeah, Fritz the cat, that's what we'll do ne- uh, next. Uh, if I need to pull, when I need to pull something out, <laughs> I'm always looking for guests for the show. It's not hard to be on the show. Just get, send an email to rustthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-0-7 at gmail.com with a movie. And I'll say any movie because I'll figure a way to make it work. But ideally, sub 100-minute narrative. So if the movie ends, if the story ends and then the credits roll before 100 minutes, I will count that movie. If there's a, <laughs> if, if there's a but no, if it's like a Marvel movie where they patch, throw a, throw a, like, you know, end credit scene, no, that won't count. But, um, like, there's movies like Under Siege has, Under, Under Siege qualifies. The Last Starfighter qualifies. So, but. Have you haven't done The Last Starfighter yet? Have not yet. So, a lot of options. See, you don't want Gregory Carl to take them all. So, Send an email to rustofus07 at gmail.com and we'll talk. We'll come on, make it give us, you know, give the internet a slice of fried gold, as Shaun of the Dead said. And um, yet, Shaun of the Dead qualifies, but there's a lot of people fighting for that one. Um, <laughs> and um, otherwise, you know, follow the show. I My Twitter accounts that I use the most is at CatBusRust. If you want to talk trash about the podcast, please do it there. Otherwise, rate and rate and review on your favorite podcast apps five stars preferably i do return the to turn the favor and um yeah let's fix those algorithms let's stop podbean from sending me right white nationalist podcast suggestions i mean i didn't know what to put down when they said oh and pick a podcast you follow well joe rogan's hit and miss that's before he went totally nuts (laughs) but yeah um, talk about rich people who that who can't seem to connect yes as <laughs> a guy that is 100 lost touch yep but uh look it like the only reason i moved to texas is because they can't extradite you to another state over your debt um otherwise no 
I want nothing to do with Texas. I, you know, let let them fall off the freaking nation. My opinion, but like, well, like, well, you know, just make Austin like Berlin, I guess. <laughs> Put a big wall around it and just let the the, the liberals have their town. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, so. Otherwise, uh, thank you very much, Stacia Hardin, for being my inspiration, keeping me going. I hope I'm impressing you up in heaven, and I hope you're still uh, doing the same for everybody else you touched in your life. Uh, Gregory, uh, you can, you have your podcast. Is it a weekly, bi-weekly, The Mud Show? Uh, I don't exactly have a set schedule. It's kind of hard with the kids and all. I just kind of do it when i can i have notes for the next episode i just haven't been able to sit down and record it yeah okay well i mean it's just there's just so much wrestling to watch that's my big problem <laughs> like i can do all the AEW. i let wrestle talk in the uk do my uh wwe stuff for me <laughs> well but... this next one i did uh nwa i watched my first episode of impact that i seen in four five years yeah no i i heard your commentary on that it's like i don't think AEW is that bad right now it's because the wrestling is still excellent i mean if you're looking for drama yeah it, AEW falls short of that but i'm an indie wrestler like i i was as they say ring of honor was the place i wanted to end up but i didn't want to ever work for wwe i would take a wwe contract just so i'd have that money but you know, I would. Back, it could turn around. I'm sorry. Danielson's back. It's probably gonna get a lot better. Oh no! As you say, it's just more of a drama and storyline stuff. If that's what you're watching wrestling for, I, I'm a, I'm very much just a in-ring action guy. Yeah, I almost feel like Impact's like an AEW light. Oh yeah, there's a degree of that, but I think that was. If it wasn't for Tony Khan lending uh, Kenny Omega, uh, Private Party, and uh, Christian Cage, I I don't think they'd have a, the direction that they have. So, I don't, I like that episode of Impact though. Like it, it it wasn't as bad as what I was expecting it oh, to be. I can't say they did any when I was I was there for the entire Kenny Omega run. And I can't say I can't say any of the episodes were really bad. There was some silly stuff like uh, Johnny Swinger's House of Swing, his his casino. <laughs> but oh yeah, I, I haven't seen any of that. I'm kind of working my way through TNA from the beginning. Oh yeah. I've oh no, seen. TNA was fun. It's just. And that was, I kind of liked it because it was very random who they would get. <laughs> like, oh, you got the Sandman for about a month? That was cool. Raven Sabu, very cool. Yeah, it's kind of like how I went, when I started watching MOW. Yeah. All the people I thought were awesome were just uh, like immediately just leaving for AEW. right. Um, well, NWA right now is looking pretty strong, too. I, I don't like Trevor Mur- Murdoch with the belt. I'd rather you just go back to Aldis, but um Yeah, I did that episode. I, I took notes on that episode of that NWA and right after I did that, all that news broke about Aldis. Uh I wasn't familiar with any news about Aldis, honestly. There was some kind of he got pulled from the main event for the seventy four thing. 
Uh, I know Cardona got pulled. Sure, you're not mixing them up. Uh, Matt Cardona. That's coming up. They replaced. It's supposed to be Trevor Burdock and Nick Aldis. Well, that ended up being the event at the last. um, They they fought for the vacant title after Cardona broke his arm. Like, like I think I think it was uh, that. At least that's what I thought it was. I think it was Aldis versus Murdoch, and they put the belt back on Murdoch. No, it's like Latimer now or something. I have to look it back up. I yeah. remember who, uh, who it well, is now. It's Trevor Murdoch or somebody else. Okay. Well, that's that's stuff you'll hear on the Mud Show. So give them a listen. I know they're on Spotify. And uh, uh, otherwise, uh, if you can find Gregory Carl on Facebook, um, he's not too hard to find. <laughs> Uh, I got a Lucha Libre match now. I'm pretty easy. Yeah, okay. But uh, thank you very much, Gregory, for the couple hours. I know it's getting late. I am not used to drinking this late. Like I woke up this morning after goth night in Urbana, and like I'm naked, and there's Taco Bell wrappers. What the hell? <laughs> oh, I've been there. Yeah, uh, no, I haven't. I used to be a six-night drink. You know, if you basically don't trust somebody who doesn't drink is the lesson i because my ex-girlfriend she doesn't she didn't drink because of her antipsychotics but actually it was more the volume to level her out but um she wouldn't drink so basically i didn't drink <laughs> so very hard to you, you you do lose it after about seven years of <laughs> But all right. Well, thanks again, Gregory. And I can't wait to have you back on the show. Anytime. All right. Cool. Can I hear a wahoo?